Well, some stunning details emerged today from the ongoing inquiry into the mass shooting in Nova Scotia in 2020. The commission is investigating that April 2020 rampage that claimed the lives of 22 people. Today, it released a report on the way the Mounties and the government, the federal government, communicated with the public about the tragedy. And within it, accusations that RCMP Commissioner Brenda Lucky leaned on the local RCMP to discuss the weapons used by the gunman. And in this documentation, it said to further the Liberal government's gun control legislation ambitions. According to the notes of Superintendent Darren Campbell, he was reprimanded by the commissioner about 10 days later after the shooting. And it said because she had, or he said because she had, quote, promised the Minister of Public Safety and the Prime Minister's office, close quote, that the RCMP would disclose specifics about the type of firearms used by the gunman. Campbell writes, quote, the commissioner accused us of disrespecting her by not following her instructions. I was and remain confused over this. I said we couldn't do so because it would jeopardize ongoing efforts to advance the U.S. side of the case, as well as the Canadian components of the investigation. Those are the facts and I stand by them. Well, in a statement late today, Commissioner Lucky says, as a police officer and the RCMP commissioner, I would never take actions or decisions that could jeopardize an investigation. I did not interfere in the ongoing investigations into the largest mass shooting in Canadian history. Well, you can imagine when this information surfaced, it caused quite the firestorm in the House of Commons today. Opposition MPs accused the government of interfering in a criminal investigation for political purposes. Here's Conservative MP Stephen Ellis, followed by then Public Safety Minister and now Minister of Emergency Preparedness, Bill Blair. This government continues to interfere with democratic process. The SNC-Lavalin scandal, and now we see, based on the Mass Casualty Commission, that the public, then Public Safety Minister and the Prime Minister put pressure on Commissioner Lucky. Why did the Prime Minister and the Public Safety Minister use the death of Canadians to advance their political agenda? I'm very happy to advise this House that this issue has already been dealt and, and with the Mass Casualty Commission, in which the Commissioner of the RCMP has confirmed for the Commission that no such direction or pressure was ever exerted by me or by any other member of this government. Uh, that was MP Stephen Ellis, Conservative MP, and uh, Emergency Preparedness, Preparedness Minister Bill Blair, formerly the Public Safety Minister. Well, joining me now to look into this, because it is quite the allegation, is Gary Clement. He's a 30-year veteran of the RCMP, retired now. He's a former head of the Forces Proceeds of Crime Unit, a former police chief in Coburg, Ontario, and now president and CEO of Clement Advisory Group. Thanks for your time tonight. Quite the story. I appreciate it, Ben. Yes, I agree with you, uh, a little astounding, to say the least. So just in a nutshell, from what I can read just through this, is this is essentially uh, someone on the ground, a superintendent in Nova Scotia, saying uh, that they were sort of told unequivocally to talk about the weapons used in this horrific crime uh, to further the federal government's uh, policies on guns. Yeah, and, and let's put the whole thing into perspective here. We've got a commissioner that appears from what, what has come out that was directing based on what she heard from Minister Blair uh, to get her people on the ground to uh, push an agenda for the current government. First of all, uh, what caught me by surprise, Minister Blair was a former chief of police. He uh, very much like I did when I was chief, we, re we reported to a police service board. Police Service Board has authority over administrative manners and find your budget, et cetera, et cetera. 
when it comes to operation, it has to be unfettered and it's at the discretion of the chief of police. What we're seeing here is a minister that ought to have known better directing the commissioner, the commissioner who ought to have known better, now directing her people on the ground and not in a polite way, in a, from what I gather, a very vicious way to get push the agenda of this current government. And I, I think if I've ever seen a case in my lifetime of where both the commissioner and the minister should resign, I think this is a calls for it in spades. Gary, it'll come as no surprise to you, of course, that Brenda Lucky late today uh, said that she as commissioner would never take actions or decisions that would jeopardize an investigation. She did not interfere. Uh, Bill Blair said the same thing in the House of Commons today. Does does that ring true to you? Is the, or, or knowing the RCMP the way you know it, what could have happened here? Well, first of all, the superintendent that uh, spoke out, um, I have a lot of faith in what he said. He had no reason to lie. And I, I can tell you his veracity shone through. He was the only one that actually got uh, before the press that actually sounded credible after this horrific event. Um, and this is, you know, I think this is just untenable for the even the Canadian society to allow this to happen. We expect that uh, a chief of police or the, in this case, the commissioner, to be objectively and to ensure the integrity of criminal investigations are held to the highest standard. And I, I have no doubt, based on the testimony, there is no way a superintendent would have gone in and misled this inquiry or made misstatements. And I think it's very unfortunate this has happened. And I just think it's extremely embarrassing, uh, not only for the uh, uh, individuals in on the East Coast, but for this country to have an incident like this happen. And now people are uh, very much like what we're seeing in the U.S. where Trump is ducking for cover. We're seeing the same thing in Canada. One thing that's become crystal clear, uh, especially today, but throughout this inquiry, is that there were some real tensions here between Ottawa and what was happening on the ground in Nova Scotia. Uh, why would that be? What, what do you think was going on behind the scenes uh, that, that would have had, you know, the commissioner in Ottawa, as well as uh, uh, Minister Blair at the time, making comments or granting interviews about what was happening that contradicted what, what the force in Halifax was willing or able to say at that point? Well, and I think that's the part that really, uh, you know, those are questions that begs to be answered, to be quite honest with you, Ben. It, it amazes me that the, uh, the commissioner and the minister would, you know, get involved other than to say this is a tragic event and, and it's being investigated to the fullest extent of the law. That's about as far as it should have gone, uh, because you do have to uh, re- uh, respect the integrity of the investigation. Um, and she felt well know because you were covering it when unfortunately I had the unfortunate incident in Coburg. We we left the operation. We never spoke of it, and and nor should you. I mean, you have to respect the integrity. And I think what we're seeing here is that that was lost somewhere in political speak. I guess is the only way to describe it. Um, and it you know it, it's really disheartening to think they'd push a gun agenda, um, especially. Uh, Minister Blair knows full well that, uh, you know, it's not legal guns we've got to worry about in this country. The chiefs of police, the Canadian chiefs of police have spoken very clearly on this subject. Um, I, I'm surprised at him because I can tell you I sat on uh, the Organized Crime Committee with him, Ben, and uh, 
it, it's definitely somewhere along the line he's forgotten what uh, he stood for. So you really think this was politics? This was this was this was a, a horrific tragedy unfolding in Nova Scotia, and and at some point someone got involved politically. There's no doubt in my mind this was politics. So all you do is have to look at the uh, very unfortunate briefings that were done by senior command at the outset. They stumbled all the way through it, uh, which now uh, hearing what I've heard today probably explains why they did stumble through it. They were trying to. I guess, skate around the direction coming out of Ottawa. And then you've got a, a superintendent who I've got uh, 100% faith in, came forward and, and sort of explained the lay of the land. So, you know, I, I'm sorry, this is just not acceptable behavior on the part of either the commissioner or the minister. And I think it really sends a very poor message uh, uh, to the whole police community, but to, I feel sorry for the unfortunate victims and the the remaining family members, because it sure doesn't show professionalism to turn this into something that would uh, push a, uh, an agenda. Uh, I think is shameful. I'm speaking with Gary Clement. He's a 30 year veteran of the RCMP, a former head of the forces proceeds of crime unit. He's now the president and CEO of the Clement Advisory Group. We're talking about revelations today in uh, personal notes that were released from a superintendent in Nova Scotia in the moments of the days after or the time just after that horrific mass shooting uh, that showed, at least according to him, that there was pressure coming down uh, from Ottawa to discuss the, the weapons used in that attack uh, in order because allegedly the the federal government was looking to uh, to advance a, a gun law agenda or something you know, legislation that they were working on uh, this was certainly a revelation both uh, the minister at the time who's uh, Bill Blair uh, who was the Minister of Public Safety at the time, now the Minister of Emergency Preparedness, denies this. He denied it in the House today. Uh, the RCMP Commissioner, Brenda Lucky, also says that she did not interfere in this investigation. But certainly a lot of questions coming out of this. When we come back, we'll talk a bit more just about uh, the impact on the force as a whole. Because if you see these incidents happening in one place, of course, it always leads you to suspect it might be happening somewhere else as well. We'll be back with that. I'm speaking with Gary Clement. He's a 30-year veteran of the RCMP, the former head of the Forces Proceeds of Crime Unit, a former chief of police in Coburg, Ontario, uh, now the chief anti-money laundering officer for Versa, for Versa Bank and president and CEO of the Clement Advisor Group. We're talking about revelations today uh, that, according to at least to a superintendent in uh, Nova Scotia with the RCMP, that there was political interference from Ottawa. There was interference, period, from Ottawa on the days after uh, that horrific mass shooting um, that would have... Uh, tried to advance, at least on the heels of this, uh, looking to advance the Liberals' uh, gun agenda or gun legislation agenda. Uh, Gary, when the rest of the force sees a story like this emerge, um, whether or not there are denials, what the truth really is, I guess we, we will we will attempt to find out. Uh, but what kind of impact does this have on an RCMP that was already really suffering through what had happened, uh, at least in terms of public opinion, in, in Nova Scotia? Well, I think for the members, at least the members that are still, you know, on the East Coast, and um, obviously, they, you know, I, I would suggest the, the faith in their leadership has probably dwindled immensely, and that's a shame. The RCMP is, um, you know, uh, let's be honest, uh, The I think if we draw an analogy, you look at what happened uh, in the Cullen Commission, he came out very strongly on the poor performance of the RCMP, and I, I don't think there's any denying that. And then you look at the um, minister's letter that was given to the commissioner on what her mandate uh, is supposed to be for the next year. Um, you know, I thought uh, she was a, 
uh, you know, like a chief of police, that she had a police role, but reading that mandate letter somewhere along the line, operations got dropped right off. And, uh, you know, I think that's why we've become, uh, you know, an unfortunate uh, sideline or, or laughing stock. And when it comes to things like organized crime and money laundering, which we know are in deplorable shape from an enforcement point of view in this country. So we draw it all back. We've got to get the RCMP back on track, uh, whether that means, uh, you know, dividing up some of the duties, taking them away. But there has to, we got to have accountability and we have to have people in there that has an operational bent and an operational focus and focuses on what this country needs. And that's, we got to get a handle on the organized crime problem in this uh, country, that the gun coming across the border, we got to get a handle on that. And then the extensive money laundering. I mean, we've become the... uh, focal point for transshipment organized or transnational organized crime. Those are the things that you would think and uh, that these governments should be focusing on when it comes to the RCMP, Uh, trying to pass an agenda on guns that really are going to solve nothing um, other than to actually, uh, I guess, distance themselves from a certain group of people that, and, and just so you understand, I, I don't have a, a revolver or anything. I was glad to give it up when I left, but I don't have a problem with people having them for legitimate purposes taken to the range, and nor should anybody. It's not those guns that we got to worry about. Larry, just in your experience, how much does politics filter through the top echelons of the RCMP? I mean, you know what it's like at headquarters. Uh, how much does politics filter through, and, and how do you how do you exercise it? How do you get it out of there if the RCMP is going to rehabilitate or find its feet again? Well, I think the only way to do it, it should be a, um, very much like it is in a municipality. It should be a, a, a police service board made up of not just politicians. We, and they've got to, they've got to have that uh, Chinese firewall between, you know, the administrative side, the budgets, et cetera, which definitely they have to have control of as far as setting it for the year. But the commissioner has to be operationally focused or if they're going to remain, uh, you know, politicized to the nth degree, and then the two deputies or number of deputies they have have to be operational. And unfortunately what's happened, and I saw it in my time in headquarters because everybody was aspiring for that next rank it became politicized from the inspector up and everybody was playing politics. No police work was ever being done. And that's where the forces has started to lose uh, sight of what it, it's men's ray is. And I, I really believe we've got to get a con- control of this. And politicians have to realize that uh, having a national police force that is effective in uh, carrying out their duties, especially in the area of of our organized crime and, and uh, sponsoring or working with our allies uh, in doing these uh, multi-international type investigations. That's what they should be focusing on and be proud of. Um, unfortunately, I can tell you, and I traveled, as you know, and, uh, a couple of years ago, I was traveling extensively in the U.S. and meeting with not only law enforcement, but a, a lot of other uh, financial institutions, very senior levels, not only in the U.S., but in the U.K., we were a laughingstock. And for me, that's very disheartening. I'm still proud ex-member of the RCMP. I think they're, the members that are there, there's some very talented members. They're just not being used appropriately and politics is winning the day. 
Gary Clement, thank you so much for your insight tonight. I appreciate it. Thanks, Ben.